cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well That's the sound of a party Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program Podcast and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world famous Smoking and Toastin'. Welcome to show number 284, which puts us almost exactly halfway to 300. And we're so glad to be there. It is Smoking and Toastin', our shows about crap beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And this week, Rio Brazos Distilling is back in the studio. Awesome. And I can't tell you how excited that makes us because. You know, uh, we we got this thing going on uh, here. Uh, <clears throat> we like the juice. <laughs> it's just the way it. Uh, it's just the way it kind of works. So you know, I've said it before. I will say it again. Whiskey good. Yeah, you you know you're a man of few words, and I appreciate that about you. I'm a man of many words, and so sometimes I'll go to the long lengths to describe things, and you just bring it right down. I just distill it. You down. just distill it right down to whiskey <laughs> good, and it, it totally totally works. Nathan Barkman from Rio Brazos is in the studio. Nathan, uh, pony up to the microphone and say hello. Howdy. How you doing? Good, good, very good. It, it is very good to have you back on the show, sir. Yeah, it's nice, nice to be back. We are uh, we are excited about it. We got a lot. This is of, what, your third time on the show now. I think yes, it sir. is. Yeah, awesome. third time. So yeah. this is uh, yeah, the, uh, that's how you know we really like your stuff. You know, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you're either really entertaining or you bring really good drinks <laughs> or both. And in in this case, we're going to go with both. But uh, Nathan, it, it is great to have you back. We have a big show for you today. I want to say uh, thanks first of all. Uh, to last uh, show's special guest, and we we were off last week. We took a, uh, a, a Memorial Day break, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, two weeks ago, our last show, we had our good friend and our wine expert Mark Burrell oh, he's on the so program, fun. and he's, he's always he's always fun. Time. And um, I had a, a text this week from uh, one of our other good friends, Alan Denny, who was just commenting on how much he learned about wine. Yeah. While Mark was on. And it's kind of like that. You know, when we have our experts on the show, when Mark Burrell is on, we learn a lot about wine. When we have uh, Liliana, our tequila expert mm-hmm. on, we learn a lot about tequila. When we have Chris Hart on, our uh, whiskey expert. We learn a lot about Chris Hart. We learn a lot about Chris Hart. That's exactly <laughs> right. And uh, so, uh, but Chris, we love you. I had an email from him today. They're like, Beginning to pull things together for the next Whiskey Social. Awesome. So that's, so that's uh, all pretty exciting. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks to Mark for last week and uh, for, for last show, rather. And thanks to Nathan for being here today. And we got a lot of very interesting things to go over on the show today. In addition to the juice, as we uh, previously mentioned, uh, we'll be uh, sampling some things from Rio Browser's Distilling. We'll also be sampling, I think, some very interesting beers this week from Del Valley, Texas, and the Live Oak Brewing Company. These are the ones that have the big script-looking uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, titles on the side of their cans. We'll be trying something called a pre-war pills. It is an early American pilsner. I'm very excited. I have not had this before, so I'm very excited. I've had their it. regular Pilsner. Uh-huh. Is, that, is that different? I this take is different. It, yeah, I this is their pre-war pills. So. They make literally. They make one of the best Hefeweizens in existence. Their Hefeweizen is fantastic. So they're they're if you're going to put two top Hefeweizens that I even know of, you're going to put no labels and you're going to put uh, 
Live Oaks. Those are like Speaking amazing. of No Label, we'll be talking about them this week. And we're uh, in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to be doing a show <laughs> live from No Label in Katy, Texas. Where That's we'll a be cool brewery. Smoking cigars and drinking their stuff. But I love that. No Label is in our news this week because those guys just won huge beer awards. Huge, huge beer awards. And we're very excited about these guys, and uh, so we'll tell you, uh, we'll tell you all about that. But they are, uh, um, yeah, they are to be celebrated, and so we're going to go out there and celebrate with them here in just a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Uh, also, on today's show, though, we'll be trying uh, a new IPA from uh, New Belgium Brewing Company out of Fort Collins, Colorado. It is called the Agent Seventy Seven IPA. I haven't tried anything from New Belgium in a while, and and you know their IPA series is called Voodoo Ranger. This right. is this is a Voodoo Ranger because it's got the skeleton with the aviator cap on. Right, right. Uh, but it is called Agent Seventy Seven, so we'll be uh, looking at that. And then from Founders, it's been a while since we had anything from Founders on the show. You know I love Founders. We'll be uh, trying their Velvet Rush. It is, an, it is an imperial brown ale with coffee, chocolate, vanilla extract, and milk sugar aged in bourbon barrels. That doesn't you were sound thinking good. of me. That doesn't sound good at all <laughs> to you, does it? Uh, so, uh, so that's going to be exciting. Plus, uh, spirits from Rio Brazos that Nathan has brought along. So we're going to be, uh, we're, uh, it's going to be a good show. I can already tell. It's going to be a good show. All right, let's have fun. Because the beer and the spirits are right, and uh, when that's right, we're we're going to good places. Uh, we will, of course, be bringing you another uh, edition of our uh, most popular feature here on the show, which is drinking news. And maybe you can give me a little uh, drinking news teaser headline uh, background music. Our drinking news teaser headline for this week, Karen goes to McDonald's. I hope I haven't given away too much of the story already. <laughs> you can uh, kind of imagine uh, where we're headed with this one. Uh, plus, interesting things in the news. A very, very sad story this week. Fire has destroyed 30 tons of premium Cuban tobacco in Cuba. Oh, Ooh, yeah. This is this kind of like, you know, we always have these stories that make us very sad, like where the beer truck overturns on the highway and all the beer is uh, spilled, or the whiskey uh, delivery truck, or, or in this you case, You know, I fire. mean, the problem is it doesn't get to fulfill its destiny. Well, I will say this, though. I wouldn't have minded being around the fire <laughs> area. While the Cuban probably, tobacco was burning, probably one of the better smelling yeah. fires. Yes. Yeah, Ooh, I just I can't, I can't step away. Uh. I can't step away. Uh, we'll also have uh, uh, some interesting cigars for you uh, to watch for, and we have a very interesting article. We mentioned this last show, but we didn't get to it. Nine remarkable brewery tap rooms to put on your bucket list. Right now, yeah, or or whenever, yeah, because bucket list isn't necessarily. We need right to make now. that a little more clickbait. It needs to be. Uh, we need to change the name of that to. Uh, we went to nine remarkable brewery tap rooms, and you won't believe what happened. Yeah, that's right. We went to nine <laughs> mar remarkable brewery tap rooms, and oh my God, I am losing my mind right now. You know, that's a, that's a BuzzFeed uh, style of, uh, uh, headline. So, uh, so yeah, so a lot going on, and oh, uh, Diageo. The huge spirits mm -hmm. company has lost a trademark battle, so we'll tell you a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Poor you're God, so you're guys. so disappointed. You're so disappointed. So uh, I'm looking forward to the show today, um, mostly because I'm staring at these bottles of. Uh, of uh, Look at how awesome uh, these are! Yeah, like, I mean, you, you have done such a remarkable job. Hill. Yeah, 
on the art here. So we were talking about this before the show. This reminds you of like the the medicine man in the old west who would pull up with the cart and the horse, yeah, yeah. and he would have all these uh, bottles of elixir and uh, and stuff. It's, uh, you guys <laughs> were going for this. Well, this isn't you? mine. This is my, not my. Uh, unlike all the re- all of my labels are done by me and and well and a pro designer. Um, this is the Republic Steakhouse in. Ah, in, uh, in College Station, to in our in my hometown. Oh, that is so Texas. cool! That is so they, cool. They they own the label. I love it. Wow. Okay, I didn't realize that. Hence, hence they they, they are on Chimney Hill, so that, that's where. The so they're actually from. on Chimney Hill. Yeah. The, See, I think of this as a like a a mythical place where battles are won and fought, and and you know. Yeah. Apparently, it's a, a hill in, in maroon College uniforms. Station, b- before yeah. that, before. Uh, before the town was built, mm-hmm. there was nothing there but an old homestead, and all that was left of it was a chimney. That's and the, the legend is that nobody and, really knows. And now all it is is college students going out there and drinking, basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, the Republic Steakhouse—it's a—it's it's the best steak you'll ever have. If, oh, you're, in, okay. if you're ever in town, you, you need to you really? need to stop by. Make a note yeah. on really? that because that's because uh, that's a pretty bold statement. Oh, I mean, it, there's there's some incredible steakhouses it's, it's in a bold, our it, town. It, it's a bold place. Yeah, uh, and I know where I know, and I I I know what city I'm in too. So yes, well that's important because (laughs) I mean we have Papa Steakhouse. Those guys are great. (laughs) Salt grass, salt grass, exactly. No, uh, but but you know uh, B and B butchers. I mean, Mm. there's so many great places to get a steak. I challenge your listeners. Okay. the, take Ian, take the pilgrimage. I think we have a road trip ahead. Of us, trip. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. A steakhouse road trip. It uh, won't be expensive or anything. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, so I look forward to that. So, uh, so Nathan, tell us about uh, how things have been for you guys at Rio Brazos. Has this been uh, a good time for whiskey distillers? Is it is it a more challenging time? How is it going for you guys? It's getting better. Okay. It's uh, it's it's better now than it than it's been. And so, so I'm, I'm guessing. The pandemic kind of loosening up. I, I don't know that it's over, but at least everybody's acting like it's over. So that's right. that's got people going back out to right. bars and and exactly. and doing things that that for a while were more restricted. The the big guys <clears throat> kind of um, definitely. Uh, we we had our some people turn their backs on us in you know right then in 2020 when. When the world was coming to an end. Now, what do you mean by that? When you say you had people turn their backs on you, what, so, what happened? A lot of restaurants, a lot of the big oh, okay. chain restaurants, not, because, not, not Texas-based. But, because it was know. easier for them to maybe just stay with the larger distributors and the more homogenized products? Right. Okay. I think that was – Ian just mentioned one of them that, that, that had us on the shelves and then suddenly didn't have us on the shelves. Mm. So, okay. I mean, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't mention them. But, right, uh, but uh, so some places are scaling back, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and they're scaling back on locals, which is a shame. <clears throat> now let me yeah, ask you this question: If you're, let's say, there's a a restaurant or a bar mm. that has an amazing choice when it comes to whiskeys, right? Right, and you're one of them. How how do you get yourself to stand out a little bit? In the midst of all that choice, because on the on the positive side, you're there, you're represented, you're you're behind the bar, sure, right. But on the maybe I don't mean negative side, but on the challenging side, there's a whole lot of others there as well. Well, almost every answer to that question <clears throat> involves a lot of money. And <laughs> that makes it, sense, actually. Uh, uh, if you know a celebrity 
um, and that celebrity is willing to go to bat for you and and get paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, volume. I mean, you know, you're talking about like a market, like an MMA fighter, for example, or there you go. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. This was just um, the winnow. <laughs> you know, so that that sort of thing, especially. Uh, right. But uh, just volume, flooding that flooding that market, or or you know, hitting a, a particular demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, all, almost all of the answers to that question involve. Um, uh, specialization, right. or you know, basically just pounding the competition on a, with your with your money on a foot on the ground level. I think a lot of times, if you go into like local places, local bars that have that, talk to your uh, waitstaff, bartenders, those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Like if you are if you are if you get in and your uh, bartenders like your product. Right. They're going to make a big difference well, on your local sales. You're 100% exactly. right. I think of uh, an experience you and I had when we went to one of our favorite places for whiskey, which is Room 101, mm-hmm. which is really close to my house. And it was the bartender that got you and I both to try Slane, yeah. Irish whiskey. It's the first time either of right. us had ever had it. That's become a regular yeah, thing that's a, that's a regular in, on my in, shelf. in my uh, bar uh, up until this time. So... Getting that kind of recommendation, I mean, obviously, the whiskey has to be no, that good. Doesn't, that doesn't put it on the distribution truck. Uh, no, right. not like, at all. like what you're talking about, but it does make does make that local, like hand, you know, word to mouth kind of. But even if they're not the manager, even if they're not the ordering manager, even if it's just a guy who's who got talks it, to customers, right? I mean, we're talking about an opinionated, right. pushy. Re, he knows what he likes. Yeah, he knows what you should like. That kind of guy. There's a guy in College Station who wasn't who used to live in College Station, and our product was at that restaurant. He he left for for greener pastures, and our whiskey followed him to those greener pastures. Wait a second. We noticed. Let, me, let me just stop you for a moment. There are greener pastures than College Station. Well, Is this what you're saying? No, there were greener pastures than that particular oh, restaurant okay. in All College right. Station. <laughs> there Sorry. are no greener pastures Sorry. than College Station. I, I'm, a long no one, horn. I'm a longhorn, so I no had to No one ask. ever heard me say that. You, you, you laid it out there, so I had to uh, ask. So. I'm not falling for that uh, one, Chris. Look, I'm, uh, anyway, uh, so there's no, going to be a rumble afterwards. <laughs> no, I, I'm really just kidding. But, but when he left, he took his recommendation Absolutely. of your whiskey with him is we what you're saying. We were being sold in College Station and then the next thing you know we were being sold in San Antonio and that ah. was and it was it was noticeable. You right, know? you could see the San Antonio numbers pick up because right. he's there and he's pouring it and he's recommending it, it to people. It, it, exactly. So and, there's definitely something to that. If yeah. you get somebody in love fall in love with your product then you're going to do well wherever that guy And what's worth noting, goes. by the way, is that the product has to be able to back it up. In yeah. other words, it has to be good enough because he can recommend it all he wants. Right. That's one pour, right? Right. But, exactly. but you got to come back. Yeah, you got to come back. Exactly. You got to say, I'm going to try that again. That was pretty good. Like that, that was that was delicious. And uh, and so that's that's where you see inroads really being made, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then the, and then hopefully People who've tried it there and liked it go to other places and ask, "Do you have? Right. Do you have Rio Brazos? Do you have Chimney Hill? Do you have you exactly know, oh, right?" Yeah. So one of the things that we're working on is like with with this product is mm-hmm. um, we're we're this is more about what about instead of this being our uh, label, 
our intellectual property, our trademark, our mm-hmm. copyright, our liability. Um, furthermore, um, this is this is the, this belongs to the Republic Steakhouse. Love that. This doesn't actually belong to me. I make it for I make it for him. Um, this one is uh, is aged in a thirty gallon in the in our thirty gallon barrels. Um, it's getting older, which is why I brought it. This is the very first thing I brought to you guys on the first show. I, I remember on. that. And, yeah. Oh yeah. And I have so this much left. It's a little so bit older. Let me more. understand uh, correctly. Is all Chimney Hill Republic Steakhouse, or is it just this red striped uh, bottle here? All of it. All, all of it. Okay. All of so it, that's it's the the these labels are owned by the the Republic wow, Steakhouse. It's, it's really. We're cool. actually working on this for a couple of different, uh, mm-hmm. a, a few different. Um, uh, places, places in, so the, in New York, right? So that they can have their own house brand, right? Well, I mean, that's the thing is, spirits are unique in in this industry in that, I mean, if you own the bar, you own the restaurant. I go to your restaurant, and and you're putting together. Uh, when you sell a steak, you don't put on the menu, or not necessarily don't put on the menu. This was Farmer Bob. This was actually right. not Farmer Bob's. This was it Joe was a, was at a cow Farmer named Bob's Elsie. Farm. Yeah, and the cow was else. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and and you know, but we didn't have anything to do with it other than just cooking it for you. No, you put your you know that that's your steak. That's your steak, right? That's, that's, this that's is the what a steak, steak at your restaurant right. tastes like. This is Joe. This this Joe's place. Then it's Joe's steak, and it's mm-hmm. Joe's fries, and it's Joe's asparagus. It's a place but, in New Orleans called Joe's Place, and they have great steaks. Exactly. I just want to say pan fried, uh, pan fried with butter. Oh, but wow, where where is God, the where, where is the where is the cow? Right. Raised. I have no you, idea. You don't know. Yeah, I have no but idea. But when you order when you order a a cocktail, you do know. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even without calling it, you're required. You you see it on the bar. You see it right. behind behind the bar. They're not allowed to put their name on that, even though they could very well put a lot into it. Mm-hmm. And when we sold for years, we've been selling our Texas you know, our Texas bourbon single barrel. And we put your name on it. We put your name on the on the placard that the the neck hanger mm-hmm. um, because you selected the barrel. And in many cases, if you're willing to hang on with us for that long, you pay us money up front and, and wait long enough, um, as some some folks have. Um, we'll make it spe- specifically. We'll make it f- to your specifications. I love that. We'll love we'll that. put in you know the 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 amount of wheat that you want, the amount of rye that you want. The type of corn that you want, everything you want, we'll we'll cook it, mash it, ferment it, distill it there on site in College and then, Station. And then it's a waiting game, you, the, right? Yeah, exactly. And and well, you mentioned wait. so this this uh, this one with the black label, the uh, prime single barrel bourbon um, with the sauternes cast. Mm-hmm. You said it's just getting older, so they have they right. have barrels of this that haven't been bottled yet that are just aging at this point. Right. They're all slave for it, so it's just going to be getting better and better. Exactly. That's yeah. How how awesome is that? And I noticed this is bottle 84 uh, from, I'm presuming, uh, cask uh, 106. Is that what that means with the slash on it? Um, 84 of 106. Or yes. is that? Yes. Okay. That's so. exactly right. All right. Well, that's the, that's, uh, in, in the a, bottle in the cask it was from. In a 30-gallon well barrel that's three and a half, a barrel, almost yeah. four years old, um, with, <clears> in a number three char. That's that's how much you're getting out. Yeah. So, at, at, so after you, got, that long. you guys know what I don't like about our first segment of the show here on Smoking a Dozen? It's that we almost never start tasting in the first segment. 
So why don't I wrap up segment number one ah. right now? And <laughs> let's take a quick break and move on to segment number two, where we do actually begin tasting. Would that work for you? I, I'm down with that. Too. All right, let's do it. Smoking and toasting. We are uh, on show number 284. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we'll be right back because it's time for tasting, my friends. Awesome. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My uh, erstwhile co-host is Ian Barry. Uh, we have Doug behind crazy. the board on the wheels of steel. Uh, Adam is our executive producer. And in the guest chair this week uh, from Rio Brazos Distilling, Mr. Nathan Bartman. Welcome back to the show, Nathan. Thank you for being here. Thank it's you. nice to have you. Ian, why don't you pour a little whiskey, and then let's talk a little bit about our uh, cigars. I mean, if you're going to make me. Yeah, I know. You know. It's the worst. Uh, I, I realize right? it's difficult to uh, you know to put these you know to put these demands now, on you. Now but. this is going to take a little longer because un, unlike you, he doesn't he he didn't prep the bottle for me by taking the plastic off and ah, then clearing, clearing the, the neck, neck down yeah. to here. I like to do that it's before funny. he brought it in. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do that quite often with uh, with spirits. I mean, it's I really a safety issue, so you don't get a, like a plastic cut, right? And or, we don't spill the or bottle or, or anything. Spillage, absolutely. That's an so. absolute joke, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's just uh, Ian is uh, dogging on me because I often have uh, <laughs> have sampled the spirits before I before I bring them in. You know, I'm not. I've never been good with patience. That's just my thing. You know. I've never been that good with patience, so, uh, and I don't even like the Guns N' Roses song "Patience." It's just not, you know, it's not one of their best. That's all I'm saying. Um, so Ian's pouring uh, whiskey. This one is the Chimney Hill. Now this is the red bottle. What's different about this from the Chimney Hill that we have tasted on previous shows? So, I just want to go ahead. It says popcorn. Popcorn. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Number one, it's uh, I didn't make it. I okay. didn't. Uh, I did not distill this uh, from in mashed, fermented, and distilled in my own. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> in my own uh, distillery, <clears throat> this is made by another distillery. Uh, I'm not allowed to tell who, but they made it from popcorn. They really did make it from popcorn. Yeah. Wow. It's a uh, 99% popcorn, 1% malted barley. I love the nose on it. And it's eight years old. So. Wow. It's uh, I've I've been in I've been around for just over, uh, just over nine years. So how does this um, how does this happen? You wind up with a deal to produce um, uh, to produce Chimney Hill for the steakhouse, right? And then you go out and source uh, the uh, the bourbon for this, right? Because of the 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 box car. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know we've we've done since the first year we were in business. Box court is really good. I yeah, it went is. out and I had to source the neutral grain spirit for that, and in the process I met uh, everybody in the business. Right. Um, basically, trying to get minimums because I was so tiny yeah. at the time, <clears throat> and um, and I it was introduced to a lot of people in the industry. And a lot of other people that I'd met at the uh, American Distilling Institute, mm-hmm. um, and tried to uh, try to generate these the contacts over time, and uh, hooked me up with a, a lot of these these guys, and was able to 
by a lot of little weird barrels that the, the <laughs> love that larger brand owners aren't really interested in one-off uh, barrels that mm -hmm. they can't. No, get they want rid something of. they can recreate over and over again. Right. It, the consistency yeah. is, is something but, that's well, that matters. I mean, when you go buy a bottle of X liquor, you expect it to taste like X liquor every time you get right. it. So like it's not necessarily a bad bought. thing. Exactly. Thirty-seven yeah. gallons from a from an eight-year-old barrel uh, that you know that you can't that there is no, nothing it's else never like coming that. Back, yeah. It's never coming back again. Well, is not, wouldn't fill up your filler. The, so the, the fillers these guys use require a couple of hundred gallons just to get them started. So I love on this one, the, on the batch uh, slash barrel window, it says one right. and one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, yeah, this is, I think this is outstanding. This is, it has a, uh, I know it says popcorn, but it has kind of a bubble gummy kind of thing going on to it. Yeah. That's, um, it's really, really interesting. Did you say that already? Is that? No. Okay. No. I don't know if I picked that up psychosomatically or what mm -hmm. and that that uh, the there's a lot of sweetness mm -hmm. from the but it's really really flavorful though it's spicy it's got that sort of uh, charred popcorn kernel thing going on right. and it's and it's got it's that cinnamon. sweetness yeah sweet sweetness it's like bubblegum and cinnamon mashed mm -hmm. together it's it's so really the, the, really uh, incredibly interesting a lot the, of flavor here the bar staff at uh at the Republic Steakhouse mm -hmm. in College Station, were some of the first to to get to try it because they wanted the they wanted those guys to be d all in on it. How did yeah, they react everything. to it? One of the first one of the first <laughs> guys said, "I don't. This doesn't taste like popcorn at all. It's not popcorn <laughs> flavored, man. It's, it's, it's not like butter flavored. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's way, made for popcorn, popcorn, which is a different kind of corn. Is, By the yeah. way, and, and I'll just say this as a as a word of popcorn warning." For those of you who, uh, 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 there's a true tragedy happening in our country, and it has to do with um, with movie theaters. They're all being bought out by the big chains, by Regal and by AMC, mm -hmm. and they just don't care. They don't. I went out uh, last Sunday morning. My wife and I went to see what I call the Sunday Sinners Matinee. Where we try to go to a, a movie uh, on Sunday morning because it's a little quieter in the theater because more people are at church, and uh, and we went to see the Top Gun movie, uh -huh. which by the way was great, but the popcorn sucked ass. It was terrible. Oh. It was terrible, Left and it's just because it was the old it was old popcorn from the night before. It's like come on, like I paid you know much is thirty eight dollars for this bucket of popcorn. I'm exaggerating, but not, not much. much. No, yeah, thirty eight dollars per month for about six months. Right, exactly. That's what you had to sign uh, up for. It's like, but it's like, come on, like and, and these, you know. And I realize, look, I I wouldn't want to work at a movie theater concession stand either, so I get it. But these employees at the concession stand just cannot be bothered. Man, I got to tell you, uh, I've been quite a few times since uh, since the COVID started up. I really love going to the drive-in. Yeah, I think you're I back right my truck up. Mm -hmm. I put my chairs in the back of the truck with a little table. You got your bottle of Chimney Hill? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, I got my cooler with beers, whatever I want to drink, smoke a cigar. I like that. You know? I haven't been to the drive-in since I was 
eight years old. Oh, man. Ian and his wife, my wife and I, all went to the drive-in together to watch uh, Shang-Chi, the uh, Marvel movie. That was so much fun at the drive-in. We were passing bottles back and forth and cold (laughs) beers. We were smoking cigars. Remember, that was so much fun. It was so much fun. Like, and then the last time I went, I went and saw the uh, Secrets of Dumbledore. Huh? It came out just a little bit ago, and uh, I did the same thing. I backed my truck into the slot, go a little ways back, back the truck in. I got a... uh, um, you know, uh, a battery-powered radio that we put the, uh, you know, the music the station on for the, the, yeah, the, the movie so it picks up the sound. Yeah. Put that on my tailgate, and I got uh, two two folding chairs and a table, and uh, my cooler right there. And uh, and there were people like right next to me. I said, "Hey, do you guys mind if I'm smoking a cigar?" They're like, "We don't care." Like, so I fire up a cigar. And I figure once I fire up a cigar, if you pull in next to me and then complain, oh, that's no, on no, you, no, buddy. Yeah, that's they're done. Yeah. No, you're 100 like, You can right. see me smoking a cigar. But I will <laughs> always ask, like, if, if, if it would have bothered those people, I'd either move or, you know, whatever. I just, it's a great movie experience. It man. really is. It really is. It's, <laughs> it's so more fun. relaxing. It's, it's more awesome. Uh, speaking of smoking a cigar, do you have an opportunity to smoke anything interesting this week? Uh, no, you know I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it's this a morning, question, but... I went out to my patio. And I, I snapped up a cigar out of my humidor that... Uh, That's Casa de Ian Berry, right? Yes, that a friend of mine gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, that friend being you. Oh. Uh, I, I grabbed the uh, the Padilla Black Bear. Oh, my God. What? That's the cigar that I am reporting on this week as well. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this should be very interesting. That's funny. Uh, it, so Ian's birthday was uh, like six months ago, but we finally just got together <laughs> to celebrate it last weekend. And uh, my wife and I got him a little uh, cigar punch for his birthday. And I this beautiful cigar punch. added a uh, added a uh, handful of cigars from mm-hmm. my humidor, one of which was the Padilla Black Bear, which, because I had not reviewed it yet on the show, was a cigar I chose to review today as well. That is so, so funny. unbeknownst to either one of us, we're both going to be reporting <laughs> on the same cigar. You Let's know, and I went back and forth because I had the Enclave, too. I was like... No, we're going to go with this. All right, let's see All how right, this goes. All right, so this was a torpedo, a 6.1 yep. by 52 torpedo. Now, I looked around online, <laughs> and uh, there's just not a lot of information there's on not. this cigar. <laughs> there's not. Yeah. Right, so, like, I'm going to tell you, everything just had the copy and pasted things. I didn't write, put the whole thing, but it's a Pennsylvania Broadleaf Maduro wrapper. According to some. According to some. <laughs> and a blend of fillers and binders. That's as close as I can get yep, you. Yep, yep, yep. It's got stuff in it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so the appearance on this, I call it medium brown. It's got a classy single band. Padilla always has that classy band on it, mm-hmm. you know. Very uh, nice. Semi-rustic is what I'd call it. It was a little bit lumpy, a little bit uh, um, not like perfectly smooth. Uh, leathery to the touch, firm overall. The pre-light sniff on this, I got coffee, chocolate, hay, and fresh cut lumber. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay. interested to hear what you say about yeah, all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a little uh, different. The, <laughs> the pre-light draw on this, uh, I used a clip. I had a pretty light draw. I got earthy uh, notes, slightly chemical note going on. That um, was a little disconcerting at first. I was, I don't know, well, it's what it is. Uh, fermented hay, uh, sweet coffee, and cocoa. The initial light on this, uh, rich dry cedar, cocoa powder, coffee, fresh cut lumber, and slight grassy notes. Uh, the first third of this, more cedar, slight pepper shows up. Uh, wrapper is lifting close to the burn. You'll see that in the picture right about now. Um, tangy citrus and spicy aftertaste was kind of interesting. The burn is now past the lifted wrapper and is completely uneven. Uh, I tended it 
at this point because mm -hmm. it was it was canoeing pretty bad. Again, you'll oh, see that in a picture. Okay. Yeah. The uh, uh, retro hail is uh, cedar and campfire, solid ash, funky burn. Not funky in a good way. Not like George Clinton funky. You know, like mm. like bad funky. Not like we want the funk. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have that third funk. Of this. Chocolate and cinnamon have more presence here. Burn is kind of fast, actually. I'm noticing a slight burnt paper note. Oh, crap. I'm burning the label. Mm. I actually wrote that down because <laughs> I was. You'll see that in this picture right here. <laughs> okay. gotcha. um, much better now. Pleasant sweetness appears and disappears at intervals. Uh, burn has evened out perfectly. Retrohale, sweet, nutty, uh, cedar, campfire, solid ash, perfect burn. The third So third once you tended it, it, I tended it, it once. It burned, burned perfect. Well. Okay. Like it, it never even like it. It was a solid razor line going straight down okay. after that. Okay. Uh, chocolate and coffee backed by cedar and cinnamon. Hints of nut sweetness and leather. Citrus aftertaste is back. I wasn't sure that I really liked that citrusy aftertaste, um, but it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It wasn't detracting. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, dark roasted coffee is evident towards the last bit of this with heightened peppery zing. Retro hills, cedar, pepper, campfire, and slightly nutty solid ash, perfect burn. Uh, from what I could tell, this is about a $3 cigar. Yeah, it's a little more than that, but... Was it? Yeah. Okay. Closer to 5 Oh, was it? Okay, because mm -hmm. I saw on uh, on CI you could buy, I think it was $85 for a box of 20 and I just did the math there. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it depends on how you buy it or what yeah. sale yeah, you get, and they could have had a, a big sale Yeah, it's generally closer to 5 bucks, but yes. So if it's if it's closer to five bucks, I'll give it a five. You're getting what you pay for. Okay. I, I don't think it's a bad cigar. It's uh, it went through. It had it had that one issue and it went fine. Um, it's it's very cedar dryness, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, it's 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 a good lawnmower, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So right. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put it as a special occasion cigar, but yeah, definitely not that. Yeah. Yeah. The other cigars I gave you were special. Yeah, no, no, I got that. Cigars. This was the. Uh, this was the. This uh, one didn't control. This one didn't look like a cheap cigar though. It no, did not at all. It did no, not, like it didn't it even feel or have that. Yeah, it yeah. really looked really nice. Yeah. So you're not yeah. going to believe this, but this week I smoked the Padilla Siri uh, 1968 Black Bear Torpedo, and uh, here were my thoughts. <laughs> that sounds familiar. On the oh. uh, cigar, I thought it was a nice looking, sharp torpedo, like very pointy, yep. right? Uh, with a dark mottled wrapper leaf. That wrapper, as Ian mentioned, is the source of a bit of varied information. Uh, some websites I looked at for info on the black bear called it a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, while others said Pennsylvania broadleaf. <laughs> There's uh, not a I lot of information on it. I suspect the uh, wrapper in question is one and the same. Uh, and after all, Connecticut is not that far from eastern Pennsylvania. So it could be the same tobacco plant, the same leaf, could be grown in uh, a mile I apart. I, I don't know why it's that confusing. Anyway, I could see the growing conditions would be similar in the two regions. So uh, maybe some of you guys can correct me or clarify uh, on this. In any case, the wrapper is a broadleaf. The binder and filler are Cuban seed tobacco of undetermined origin. And uh, the cigar was made in Honduras. The pre-light on this I thought was very interesting. Uh, there were some earthy notes, a hint of leather, and a tobacco note that seemed to me to be a little green. Um, I, I 
you know, snipped off the pointy tip, and I lit I up, called that grassy. I lit up the black bear, uh, and immediately wondered if the filler tobacco might be from Nicaragua because I did get a very hearty Nicaraguan pepper blast. Oh, which I didn't I, get that at all. Which I won't sing, but I I, I, <laughs> I did get that right off the bat. Cigar settled down though about after about a half an inch or so, but there was still some peppery spice on the palate as well as leather and a touch of dried fruit. The tobacco did seem a little young to me. And it made me uh, think that while the overall experience was good, a little more time in the humidor might make the black bear even better. Bears do like to hibernate, you know. So True. Uh, so there is that. Uh, I will point out that the construction of the Padilla black bear was really, I thought, exceptional. I did a pretty poor job of lighting it evenly, and cigar pretty much evened itself out of its own accord, which I was very impressed with. Ash held on for a good inch and a half, and I think it would have gone even further, but I was a little gun-shy, so I flicked it off into the uh, ashtray. Second third of the cigar developed a nutty vibe, kind of like almond slivers. If you've ever opened up a bag of those that are supposed to go on a casserole or whatever and just started eating them, uh, it was that kind of a vibe. Uh, I also got a bit of oak on the retrohale, and the strength of the cigar, which after the Nicaraguan pepper blast settled in at mild to medium, grew to sort of a solid medium on its way to maybe medium plus by the end of the cigar. Uh, in the final third, more flavors came home to roost. Uh, there was a coffee note, more toasted nuts, and the earthiness and leather that I'd had for pretty much the whole way through the cigar. The Padilla Siri 1968 Black Bear Torpedo is not the most complex cigar I've ever smoked, uh, but it wasn't one-dimensional either. So I kind of put it in the middle. It's no Andalusian bull, but it's no Swisher Sweet either. So uh, what do you think? Bottom line, uh, the cigar was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, if this was a 10 or $12 cigar, uh, yeah, I'd be inclined to kind of give it a pretty low price-to-quality uh, rating. But it's not. It's about a $5 cigar. As Ian pointed out, you may be able to get it a little cheaper than that. Yeah, and when I looked on CI like today, it was like 80 and it might have been a sale item, but it was like $85 for a box of 20 So, so yeah, so at those kind of prices, in my book, that kind of makes it the king of the lawnmower sticks, or at least, you know, a, a decent mid-level smoke. So the Black Bear isn't going to make anybody's year-end top cigar list, uh, but, you know, it's really pretty good. And at the price point... I'm going to recommend it, and I'm going to actually give it a 5.5 price to quality. I thought it, you know, it, let's say three to five. Yeah, it overperformed that. I thought so. Uh, I gave go. it a 5.5 one uh, at the three dollar point. At five dollars, mm -hmm. I give it a straight five. I think I think we're pretty pretty on par with. Pretty it. much getting what you pay for. And we got a lot of parallel things. There were a few things that you got. Like I didn't get the big pepper blast on mine. See, I mine did, was super dry cedar I did, right off the it, bat, and then it, it settled down, yeah. but the pepper the pepper was still there. I definitely got it, but you know, um, maybe I'm just super sensitive to the NPB. <laughs> it could be. Maybe so, mine was just sitting next yeah, to a Fuente so, in your humidor. Um, so let me ask a real quick question before we go to break about this um, Chimney Hill popcorn. Uh, w what is this actually called? This this bottle. This is Chimney Hill straight bourbon whiskey popcorn. Is that is that? Is that the name of it? Yeah, straight. All right. So is this available anywhere other than the steakhouse? Um, yes. Okay. Can people get their hands on this if they're not in College Station? I think so. I think that it's going to be available. At, uh, they might have a few <clears throat> bottles at the in, in the Houston specs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure about that. Okay. 
Um, there is a uh, there's a hotel, the Hilton in mm-hmm. Bryan, mm-hmm. that uh, bought bought a few bottles. Um, but n- for the most part, it's it, this was one barrel. So there's uh, there are there were sorry there were five barrels. Mm-hmm. This year is two thousand. This is two thousand twenty-two. Mm-hmm. We're in right now, and that was the first. So, two thousand twenty. Three, <coughs> four, five, and 2026. In 2026, it'll be... Nevermore. Right. And it'll be 13 years old. Yeah, 13 years old. It'll be interesting to see how that age does on it, too. Right. It's really good. I really enjoy this. Yeah, I like uh, it You do have this uh, very clearly noted uh, so, uh, where it's distilled and that... Um, and I noticed each September. Each September, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're, we'll uh, uh, release it, release another barrel of it. So it's one barrel a year, every year for the next four years. Nice. So right. yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, one of the things that was wanted to be very very clear. No, you did such um, a great job on the label. You you made sure you you pulled out those like this one says distilled in bottle. This one says bottled. So you're very clear on that. Mm-hmm. So I like it. All right, it's a great product, though. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to try this pre-war pills, uh, which is a pilsner from Live Oak Brewing Company, uh, Del Valley, Texas. I'm really interested to, to sample this because I do love their Hefeweizen, as uh, as Ian mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting, I think, to taste this Pilsner and see how these guys carry through with it. So we'll do that when we come back. And, of course, there's more uh, whiskey on the way from our friends at Rio Brazos. And we'll be right back. Smoking and toasting. I love the way it smells. I know. It's great. It's Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Man, that song It's show number 284, and we're glad you're here. Diageo, which is one of the larger spirits distributors in the world, uh, they uh, distribute Guinness beer and Smirnoff vodka. They've recently lost a bid to collect damages on a claim that the package design uh, for its bullet whiskey was infringed upon by another spirits maker. Diageo claimed that WJ, WJ Deutsch and Sons Limited, the company behind Redemption Whiskey, uh, violated its trademark rights in late 2016 when that company switched their tall cylindrical bottle to a wider, squattier, more masculine bottle, their words, not mine, uh, with a rugged vintage label kind of like the Old West look of bullets. Jurors did not buy it, deciding at the end of a trial in Manhattan on Wednesday that consumers would not likely be confused between the two competing whiskey brands. That, so they have, uh, hold on, let, let me do this first yeah, before I go Please do. Before I go, you have a rant for this one? <laughs> you probably do, okay. I'd love to hear it. Am I supposed to put love, these on? Love you, can, you don't have you to. You can if you want. Yeah, you can operate without them just fine. So. We like, like, you'll hear the bumper music in it, but that's the only real difference, so. Plus, you know, we look. Cool. I will say though, my my voice sounds more dulcet. The tones are more uh, 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 interestingly attractive uh, if you have the headphones on. But so, yeah, it's, you know. So, uh, a couple things. How many tall cylindrical bottles? Look, look at this bottle here. Right. I could easily say, you, you sir, 
have this bottle here, you're totally ripping off Glenn Morangy right now. Uh, right. <laughs> like, really? Like, that's just ridiculous. That's, yeah, that's right. not even a thing, right? It's a bottle, right? Now, exactly. if your bottle is shaped in a case of, for like, uh, like the Sixth Street bottle that is mm-hmm. that is custom made and shaped, right, like, shaped a guitar, like a guitar, right? and that's a different thing. That's, that's definitely, they went out of their way with that to make that happen and be different, right? Mm-hmm. But... I mean, the bullet bourbon bottle is distinctive in the fact that it also looks like one of those bottles that you, if you made that bottle smaller, From the medicine that show. the medicine yeah. man would have, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. So totally. you could say the same thing about this. This is a very austere, very stately looking bottle. And then having a little bit of the carnival stripes up here, I mean, it really adds, I love the way this yeah, looks. Yeah. But it really and adds the way it to tastes, that. Um, by the way. Uh, but, but I mean, making a bottle that somewhat resembles that. Because it happens to be the look that they want, I think is a BS call on uh, on the big company. Well, and one. it's it's uh, not unusual for the big company, which has a lot more money, to pursue these kinds of lawsuits to uh, uh, you know to just try their hand, see what they can see you know, what they I, can make happen. It's it's just become it's become ridiculous with some of the some of the lawsuits you're getting from Suntory and Diageo mm-hmm. that they just. They, it really sounds like you're just suing because you've got the money to sue. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll here's the deal. We make whiskey. You make whiskey. Well, that's just like our whiskey, so we're going to sue you because it's whiskey. I mean, right. that's, that's what they're going to get to. That's well, eventually where it's I going, I will tell right? you, though, one of these things that I do support is Stone Brewing out of Southern California is suing uh, the makers of Keystone and Keystone Light because they have fashioned their uh, cans and their logo to just say stone, and it's clearly an inferior product to what stone is putting out, which is a real uh, craft beer experience. And I understand how they feel like they're damaged in this way, because it's not like it's just another beer that had a similar can. It's a beer that is the most watered-down mass-market product you could probably think of and stone is just the exact opposite of that yeah and then on top of that you take keystone and and drop off the key and it just says stone Mm -hmm. which is you know identical that's and and there is a trademark at stone brewing that's in that's in place it's in effect oh yeah no i'm i'm not saying that you don't that trademark you got to protect laws don't need to go out the window absolutely i in fact that sounds like one that needs to be pursued. Legit. But I almost have a knee-jerk reaction anytime, especially Suntory and Diageo, go after everybody. There is a... You you get a... This is like going after the little guys. Cease and desist order for nearly anything you can think of. You'll get a cease and desist order from one of those people because they came up with something... Mm-hmm. In the 70s, that hasn't been sold in a store for the past 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And somehow you're infringing on it, right? That, yeah. It's, uh, it's just. Mm. Yeah, and that's a shame because, especially if it's something defunct or, or gone. And there's, there's one side of it. Like a lot of those big companies, their thought process is uh, we're going to send it out for everything that even remotely resembles right, right. something yeah, that we pa- might even remotely everything. think 100%, might yeah. somewhat remotely resemble what we're talking about. 
Uh, and they will. And then the problem you have as a small company is you don't have the money to back up what Diageo is going to try to sue you for. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Even for them, it's, the it's like a nothing, you know. Right. And that, that's the point. And that's uh, that sucks. Uh, Ian, let me tell you um, my initial thoughts on the pre-war pills. Now, when we say pre-war pills, we're not talking about a little jar that you got out of grandma's. Uh, no, no, this is a trunk, style. You know, yeah, it's a style of <laughs> <Right>. beer. <laughs> These are not pre-war pills. No, it's a right. pre-war pilsner. Right. It is, but it is, a, it is a style of beer that is called an early American pilsner, and I just got to say, I think it's delicious. That's it's pretty crap. good. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty solid. Everyone's pretty solid mm -hmm. on this one. Uh, it says extraordinary lagers and ales craft brewed in Austin, Texas since 1997 using traditional beer making methods inspired by old world style beers. Um, I'll, I'll, if you see Live Oak on a can. Yeah, show that can to the. Uh, if you see Live Oak on a can, it's going to be a good version of that style. And, mm -hmm. and I, as I said at the beginning of this episode and during many other episodes, their Hefeweizen is world class and, and one of the best Hefeweizens I've ever had. Um, and I'm just not even a fan of that style, but that beer is just brilliant, you know? Absolutely. Uh, they don't say much else about this particular beer on here. It just says early American Pilsner pre-war pills. Um, but it's great. I mean, Live Oak makes great, great beers. It is really, really drinkable, too. Like, just just goes down nice and easy, but leaves you with a mouthful of flavor. There are so many Pilsners out there that are just almost flavorless the macro brews this is not that at all and this, then um the micro brews with pilsners tend to i think there are some of them are over hopped well uh, yeah, they're so close to being an ipa be. right right and, right. and it, it isn't really true to the spirit of the pilsner you're right right but this one this one really works in my this opinion. one is is got some hoppy but it's very crisp and dry on the finish this is a summer, summer it just finishes mm -hmm. and it's done it's like, like it like a snap almost mm -hmm. two and snaps up with a twist awesome. uh, all right let's yeah. take a break we'll be back uh we are getting uh, closer and closer uh to something called drinking news and we got a lot more whiskey yet to taste so uh, let's come back and do that it's smoking and toasting show number 284 and we got Rio Brazos Distilling and Nathan in the house. We'll be right back. Ooh, we got whiskeys to try. What's that? We got whiskeys to try. I got some news about that song. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. What did you say about the song? <laughs> The gentleman that played that bass line yeah. actually staying at my house for a couple weeks while he gets himself. He just, he just went back to school and uh, graduated and just recently and got himself a job in Houston area. Nice. Uh, and just found an apartment, so he's staying at my house for a couple weeks till he can move in. That's mm. about it. Very nice. Very nice. So, miss that guy. Yeah, puts a little, uh, puts a little bow on brings it. it yeah, it brings yeah. a little bit back home. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we got Rio Brazos Distilling in the studio, Nathan Barkman, and we're talking uh, whiskey, we're talking uh, craft beer, and we're talking a whole lot of uh, talking a whole lot of crap, actually, uh, is what we're doing. But it's all good because we're, uh, we're having fun tasting. Ian, I don't know whether you want to go beer first or whiskey first in this segment. Your choice. Ooh, uh... Beer chaser or whiskey chaser? Uh, whiskey chaser. Whiskey chaser. Beer All right, first. beer first. So, uh, so this uh, New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger came out 
And I'm just going back on my memory, uh, so you know, don't nail me to the mm-hmm. wall on this uh, uh, wiki brand or uh, <laughs> or on Stark. Um, I, I remember seeing Voodoo Ranger pop up around 2004 or 2005. Seems right to me, yeah. Um, and it came out. And it had the uh, the uh, the skeleton in the uh, in the flight. Yeah, the aviator hat. The aviator yeah. hat and everything like that. This is uh, they've had a few in the Voodoo Ranger series since. They then. have a number of them, yes. And this one is great because it's got the the uh, skeleton with the aviator cap and a, and a set of uh, set of sunglasses on and a gold tooth, and he's decked out in a suit, and it's Agent Seventy Seven IPA. That is too. That's fun. awesome, is what yeah, that is. Yeah, fantastic it's awesome is what artwork. It is. Yeah, it really is. So, so let's crack that bad boy open and do some sampling. Well, you don't have to tell me twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Belgium Brewing Company is out of Fort Collins, uh, Colorado, and uh, they're awesome. Um, they've they've come out with some great beers, not just IPAs, but great beers on all styles that we've had. I was a here on big fan of their. Um their uh, 1554 black. That was uh, good, wasn't it? Black black lager. Um, mm-hmm. Enlightened black lager. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was more to the name. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, I, I think they still make it. I hadn't seen it in that a while. Was, and I kind of moved on to some other beers since then. But that, that was, was, a, that was one. That was for a while. I would buy it by the case, you know, and I'd, I'd just. From a recipe from 1554. Yeah, from a recipe yeah. from 1554, which is brilliant. Um. So, uh, but I, I love and 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 there is, I, I from New Belgium. Uh, there's uh, uh, Fat Tire. If you find Fat yes. Tire fresh on tap, oh there God, is the almost greatest. nothing that compares to that. I like, have it had is, I have had Fat Tire oh. on tap at casinos in Las Vegas. That it is just so wonderfully delicious. It is just. It's just a, super an fresh oral experience. It's so fresh. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is amazing that beer. Now in a bottle, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But on tap and fresh, it is really something to behold. Plus, that's Bosch's beer of choice. If you watch the uh, Bosch series on Amazon Prime, he's a fat tire. This guy. is not <laughs> as um, as over the top hoppy smelling as I'm used to. The no, Voodoo and a lot series. of the Voodoo Rangers are very very hoppy. Uh, this this smells a little more fruity, a little more hazy. It's got almost a, a fruity juicy. pebble kind of smell to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get a little bit of that on the mouthfeel, too. Uh, oh, you do? Oh. Grapefruity. Mm-hmm. A little grapefruit? Mm-hmm. Mm. What do you say mm-hmm. about this on the can here? Oh, well, it says right here, according to Surgeon General, and should not drink alcohol beverages as well. Uh, uh, what? It's good to know. It's good to oh. know. Tell me that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though not a lot of information on the can uh, about this. It just says uh, Agent 77 IPA. It is, however, 7.7, which I think is a little bigger than their standard. A little bigger, yeah. I think that I think usually six, six eight, I think are, is what the other one is. Usually IPAs are five and a half to six. So I think they uh, went so up seven's about a point. a little bigger, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Wait, but yeah, that's what was good. It, what was the percentage? 7.7. Seven, Agent 77. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> clever. Uh, see, this is why we have to have guests on the show, because neither of us the came up with that. <laughs> neither of us came up with that on our own. Uh, all right. So so let's um, let's see how the whiskey chaser works now. What are we, what are we sampling here ah, this time? So uh, here This we is go. the bottle without a label, right? 
Well, yes, it, it has a handwritten label, so this is this is as crafty as it gets, mm -hmm. my friend. Like, mm -hmm. without going to, to yeah, Michael's, I, I did right. that. I did that for your for you guys. So <laughs> there actually, actually there actually is a. Uh, this is um, uh, it's uh, it's very similar to my to my Texas bourbon label. So, uh, and you'll uh, we'll have uh, we'll have it on screen in a minute here. But let me let me go ahead and show you the bottle label now because it is. Yeah. You're quite nice. It's <laughs> it's uh it's the handwritten detail here. I love, here. It. I love um, it. The, the 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 machine parts that are needed to print the label are uh, floating on a barge or a, you know on a, mm -hmm. on a ship somewhere off the port of Long Beach. So uh, like so they're they're uh, they're eminent. Yes. But not yes. present. So we will. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's okay. Yeah, uh, we'll 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 see. How long until this is going to be on the shelf? Um, soon, I'm. Uh, we will have the labels. I'm told we will have the labels uh, in a matter of weeks. So that's the only thing holding it up at this point. That is, that, yes, that is. It's already been. And and how long has this one been in barrels? Um, so uh, five years. Five years. Okay. Five years in in, char in new charred oak. New charred oak. And then uh, another month, and a month. Well, actually, six weeks. Month and a half. Okay. In a toasted oak mm. wine barrel. Mm. Okay, so oh, right off the bat, go ahead. Oh, that's got a. So it was a a, a deep toast. Uh, it's a light a light char in the bourbon barrel. Mm -hmm. A deep toast in the wine barrel. That's got a, like a grainy, almost meaty kind of smell. Not meaty like. And a little meaty, bit of very like. Very big, very round, mm -hmm. and also a little bit of that minerality. Uh, it on the nose, and I haven't tasted it yet, but on the nose, it actually makes me think more of like a single malt or something, um, you know, something maybe even Scottish, you know, uh, more more so than Amer than an American bourbon. But again, haven't I just want to say, what have you done? <laughs> it is it's a wheat it's a wheated bourbon with a very large malt. Uh, uh, with a, a large malt uh, grain bill, um, but I'm very different. Thinking a lot of that comes from the. I'm the, just getting huge this minerality. Huge. Like I'm two sips in. This might be one of my favoriteest things already. Really? Yeah. Wow. This is like this is. So, there's like no heat to this. Mm -mm. Like what is? <laughs> what have you done? Uh, <laughs> so 90 proof. That's uh, so. Uh, Similar to a lot of the other things that we've wow. been releasing. There's just such a, I keep going back to the minerality. I get this this heavy, like, mineral water sort of a, mm -hmm. a vibe on the palate. It's, it's really good, but it's, like, very so complex and interesting. The vanilla is present, but not obnoxious. There's a great, like, corn graininess yes, to definite it. Definite corn, yes. That, uh... The kind of just creates a, a foundation for this. There's this really nice kind of uh, light that I guess it's that weediness kind of floating across the top of it, and then there's a little kiss of bubble gum on the aftertaste, uh, and and then a mineral water um, uh, uh, texture left in the aftertaste as well that I really mm -hmm. enjoy. This yeah, is fantastic. For sure. Yeah, it really is quite good. Definitely different. From like in like light years different from the uh, Chimney Hill. Oh yeah, it's just a completely different uh, spirit experience. Yes, but very. but it is so it is so really easy to drink. That's the almost dangerous part of it here. 
I know you're not fond of the term, but this is smooth. <laughs> smooth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank well, you. Spirit, but uh, spirit people uh, are often, uh, you know, a little put off by the term "smooth" as describing their uh, their stuff. So, uh, but yes, it is it is that in that it is very easy to drink, very easy. It's almost like a, a lemonade or something. It Man, really goes down. This That's, is, and it leaves your mouth dry too. That oaky mm-hmm. dryness on the finish is just. Well, the the toast is is difficult in that it becomes if it's if it's not enough toast then people who are into that don't say that it's not toasted if it's too much toast then then it you know you're losing that drinkability mm, i'll just there's a marshmallow kind of thing going yes, there on is. too i'll just echo my partner here what have you done <laughs> it really is good very different wouldn't you say from like there's nothing i'm thinking in my brain that I really compare this to, except maybe just Scottish single malt, but it's not exactly like that either. It's so unique. This is not, it's hard to compare it to any other whiskey or bourbon because it's just, Mm -hmm. it's very, very, I mean, it has a lot of components that you'll get, um, like from, uh, uh, like you said, from some of the single malts and things like Mm -hmm. that, but but this is, this is really, really classy tasting. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. This. This yeah, feels that's... like an upper end. What does, uh, uh, you know, I always forget. We need to bring a water drop at some point. What does water do to this? What does that bring out? Oh, he's oh reach you back are to the, the bag. man. I'm <laughs> super curious. It will be interesting to see. Yeah. While he's uh, while he's doing that, I'll just mention that this is a, uh, this is a type of flavor, a type of taste that feels expensive. Is this going to be an expensive bottle? Um, no, no. Okay. I think we're, um, we're releasing this at a similar price point to our, uh, uh, to our Texas bourbon. Wow. Same thing that you saw. (laughs) That one's not going to work. No dropper, but. Yeah, yeah, no, that's. And on the nose, what do you think? Okay. So that brings out wheat, like, big time right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's no rye, so that's, which I thought was important. For oh, it toast. brings out a chocolate flavor. Interesting. Like a mocha-y kind of grainy chocolate flavor to it. We were researching the whole concept of toast, toast and it seems like the wheat, the, the wheated trend Mm-hmm. May have been partially responsible for the rise of the toasting. Of oh, the toasting, yes. This, I mean, it has almost a s'mores taste to it. Mm-hmm. Like that's absolutely crazy. When you put a little water to it, it brings out a little bit of chocolate, and then it changes it completely. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I, I get that marshmallowy thing that you're talking about. Totally. It's crazy. Totally. All right. It is crazy. We're going to take a crazy break here, and we will be back with something even crazier than this, which is our segment called Drinking News, plus more uh, whiskey tasting and a little more beer. We are uh, smoking and toasting. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled Those cigars. good things. All good things, all things that we love. We have had some good spirits here today, and we're looking forward to just a little more before the Man, show is this over. this thing is yeah, amazing. Yeah, you're, you're loving life over there, aren't you, my friends? Mm-hmm. I hope you can still play the ukulele because it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, uh, we remind you as a public service that Drinking News is uh, a segment of the program where we bring you stories that have been reported on something other than just, you know, the onion. Uh, These are stories (laughs) that are ostensibly true. We cannot necessarily verify the truth of them, but we understand them. At least some of the words in them are true. We understand them to be true. (laughs) And they are stories that are occasionally about drinking. The word truth may be used in the story. Right. They're not always about drinking, but they are always stories that will be best enjoyed if you have been now, now before we start drinking is this one of those like uh, uh slow like kind of soft stories that i need to actually give you a little bit of uh, uh well you you're know, welcome background to, to you're welcome to because i want to open up something nostalgic maybe i want to open up nostalgic. actually about talking about a pet peeve of mine pet peeve of mine is like when a train is rumbling by while you're trying to do a show in the studio and it's really loud. That's a pet peeve of mine. I, you know, I'll admit, though, that bad service has always been a pet peeve of mine. And I'm sure that most people would agree with that, right? I mean, there are a few, there are a few things more frustrating than when you're just trying to get a hot dog at J.C. Frankenfurters and you get attitude and a bunch of lip with your foot long. Or when the person who's supposed to be helping you at the customer service counter after you've waited in line for 10 minutes at your local auto parts store picks up the ringing phone instead and spends another 15 minutes helping some Yahoo on the line locate the rare starter for a 72 El Camino with the Chuck Norris sport package before he rings up your wiper blades. Hey, car doctor. I'm right here. I drove all the way over. I've been waiting. Put that dude on hold and deal with the people who are here right now, right in front of you, waiting to hand you money. They need to learn from the pizza place. You know, when you call them up, it's like, ring, ring. Hello, hold, please. Click. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It works for them. It should work for the auto parts store. But you have to admit, though, that in our day and age, with more Karens than ever out there, Sometimes the employee at the counter is not really the cause of the problem in any way, shape, or form. It's not their fault that the manager didn't schedule enough people to work behind the bar at the House of Blues that night because he's trying to keep costs down so he can hit his monthly bonus, and you're standing there like an idiot for 20 minutes just trying to order a Sam Adams. Now, I'm not saying that this very specific example has ever happened to me, or that it's happened three different times, or that I was really frustrated by it, not to mention thirsty. It's just a random hypothetical example. Completely hypothetical. No more likely to have ever happened than, uh, let's say, Willie Nelson smoking a joint, or a leaf blower being used within 40 feet of me. Uh, I think you can see what I'm trying to say here. We've had a sad lack of leaf blowers recently. Well, don't, don't, don't tempt fate, my friend. 
And then when someone goes off on a rampage in, let's say, a McDonald's, because they're expecting for some reason a five-star restaurant level of service, one of the things that can actually make it worse is when a local law enforcement officer sees it as a chance for him to audition for a night at the improv. Which leads us to our story. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, okay, can I can I can I preempt the story just slightly? You certainly may. Ooh, I get a cool sound effect when I speak right by my. Oh, head. I like that. Um, so first off, if you're going to McDonald's, yeah. your day already <laughs> is not amazing. Okay, like let's just start there. All right. <laughs> like sure. there's a difference, right? Right, right. <laughs> but if you're going to McDonald's, your day is not starting off. On a 10, okay? Right. And second off, you are going to McDonald's. This is a known thing, right? right? It's not a five-star restaurant. It's a McDonald's. Right. I'm sorry. It's a, just go ahead. All right. Let me let you add it. Which leads us to our story. While you're doing that, though, give me one moment here. All right. I feel like we're going to need this. A Florida woman. I had a feeling you'd pick that back up. <laughs> a Florida woman was arrested last week after calling 911 and assaulting restaurant workers because her McDonald's order was wrong. 22-year-old Tianis Jones of Lakeland, Florida. <laughs> Hashtag worth it. Was arrested <laughs> last week after Polk County deputies say she went too far over a mistake with her McDonald's drive through order. A happy meal with a chocolate shake, a filet of fish sandwich, tea, and fries. According to Polk County Sheriff and would-be comedian Grady Judd, <laughs> would be comedian. something was wrong with Jones's order, so employees asked her to pull up to the third window. Instead, Judd said, Jones parked and went inside the Lakeland McDonald's. Surveillance video shows Jones becoming increasingly displeased with the service, despite workers offering to fix the issues as well as return her money. She then became so angry, she called 911 to complain that McDonald's had gotten her order wrong. You know, that's actually uh, an offense. That's, it, it, that's totally a real thing. Is. it totally is. After making the call, Jones then went behind the counter and started throwing things. She swiped things off of countertops, lifted a sleeve of cups, and threw them at employees and into the dining room, just generally calling, uh, causing a, a great mess and a lot of mayhem. Now, this is clearly unacceptable behavior because there's no excuse for acting that way. It's McDonald's. There are kids around. But what makes this case even... Oh, hold on. <laughs> I like that you justify it with there's kids around. There it's kids McDonald's, around. people. What do you actually expect? All right. <laughs> like, it's McDonald's. You don't go well, to Walmart and complain that there's kids running around there making noise. Be kids. They're well, going to happen. But kids are there. You're you're acting out in front of kids. You're setting a really yes, bad no, no, example. I get what you're saying. I you're just, setting a I'm really just bad example like... for the future of our species. <laughs> but what makes this case even more cringeworthy? Uh was the account of the events by Sheriff Grady Judd, who I mentioned earlier, who apparently thought that this relatively minor scuffle at a fast food restaurant was worthy of calling a press conference. You know, so he could take the opportunity to show everyone that he could possibly be the next George Carlin or Richard Pryor. Standing at the microphone, Judd offered us this. And I'm quoting here. 
I don't know what was wrong with her that night, Judd said. I don't know if she was two fries short of a Happy Meal, but she created a McMess and acted like a McNutt. This is the sheriff speaking. <laughs> and she ended up a McBurglar. She better not complain about the food we serve her at the county jail. End quote. Oh, no. Okay, there's a lot that's wrong with this, right? Uh, first of all, most people stop making jokes about McDonald's by putting Mick in front of everything about the time they graduate from junior high school. And if it's really serious enough to call a press conference about, then maybe just give us the McFacts and then get the McFuck back to work, okay? <laughs> I mean, just because you have a McMike doesn't mean it's open mic night. But it's secondly, open night? But secondly, if you're going to say something this ridiculous... At least get your McDonald's terminology right. Everyone, and I mean everyone, knows that the term is not McBurglar. It's Hamburglar, you moron. Yes. This guy is so lame, he probably doesn't even know who Grimace is. And everybody knows who Grimace is. I don't think anyone knows what Grimace is or is supposed to be. But McDonald's spent millions and millions in advertising, so we'd know their cast of characters. Wait, he's a purple dinosaur, right? And no, I don't know. He's, well, he's a, a purple something. What is he? He's a purple thing with... with I know, I was just going to say Yeah. Clearly, though, I McDonald's spent don't. all this money telling us all about their cast of characters, and this sheriff was clearly not paying attention. Is he an amoeba? What is Grimace? Reporting from the Polk County McDonald's, <laughs> where apparently the shake machine is down again. What? God what? damn it. <laughs> My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. <laughs> Grimace is the slime in the ice machine. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's beautiful. I never did understand what Grimace was. But but Grimace, I, I, I never found Grimace scary. I didn't find the Hamburg burglar scary. I always was scared of Ronald McDonald. I mean, you, you are you one about, of those like don't like clown people? That's a child molester clown if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have any evidence to that. I've never been touched by a Ronald McDonald, Ronald but McDonald. but uh, that's what a, happened to Ronald McDonald. He used to be a thing. Now he's not. I think he's been de-emphasized because of the general, you know, overall clown, clown scares. The public clown is, scare. and I, I, I will admit, it's not an original phobia. I'm not proud of it, but I am actually a little bit afraid of clowns. I don't like them at all. Well, it, they make me uncomfortable. The novel It came out shortly after the John Wayne Gacy. Right, <laughs> right. right. And that, so that had, contributed to clown phobia everywhere, and didn't then it? And they made a movie out of it. Yeah, and yeah. So oh, and that clown and that. Did you saw that last version awesome. of it? Yeah, yeah. I remember the Tim Curry version, like when Tim Curry was. Yeah, the original. The, the, that was scary enough. That last version. And then version the, the was last really version was terrifying. even more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I find that, you know, for the most part, I don't find scary movies all that scary. They're a little silly and ridiculous. But the clown stuff, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's frightening. <laughs> that's frightening. I'm just, that's just me. Oh, Do you and like... also Poltergeist came out right around oh, the same yeah. time. Yeah. Poltergeist was good. Exorcist was good. Those were scary See, movies. I, okay, I get you that. Poltergeist you, had wait, that, hold had on. Clown. You weren't scared by The Exorcist? Uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, you have to have a real clever, uh, scary movie for me to be scared by. And usually yeah. I'm not scared. I'm usually just startled. 
Um, I, I don't have an issue with ghosts at all because I've never actually been bitten by one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if one pops up, ooh, spooky, whatever. Like what? I've never. It's just me with a sheet over my head. That's all. What? Well, yeah. Like, I think I, mean, I was like nine. So, <laughs> in, my, in my defense. Yeah. I've always yeah. been a little pragmatic when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. My dad did explain though uh, when I was a young kid that that uh, uh, the only thing I really needed to fear in the house would be him if he was mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's probably, probably, <laughs> that probably was true. Yeah. The only thing I'm, is that we need to fear is fear itself and dad. <laughs> and dad, yes. Yeah. And dad. Absolutely. Uh, do you like toffee? I like toffee Because that's very what this much. smells like. Yeah, this well, wait till like... you taste it. I just took a tiny sip. And this, this smells like coffee. Toffee coffee. And toffee. <laughs> You're like right there yeah. with it. Toffee Bur- coffee. There's Bur- another Bur- uh, stripper Bur- name. There's another stripper coffee. name for you. Toffee coffee. Toffee Bur- coffee. Burnt sugar and coffee. Wow. Th- I-, I have to tell you, this is delicious. <laughs> Welcome it's to the stage, absolutely. Escalade. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Just- this is fantastic. This it is really founders. Beer. Boy, you, you got to give these guys credit. They make one of the best um, low calorie IPAs in the world. They're all day IPA. It's so completely it's opposite so, everything else they make in the yeah, entire and then, world. And then they make this, right? I, Dirty Bastard is some. I buy Dirty Bastard like, like often, mm-hmm. and if <laughs> it's so good, that's their that's their porter. The Velvet Rush. This is a. Um, oh, it's got. It looks like a. All kinds of stuff. Is that a mustache on the front? It might be. No, it vanilla, might actually be. Show that. Show that to the camera. It's a vanilla pod. Show that to the camera. Oh yeah, you're right. It's a vanilla pod, not a mustache. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up for us. <laughs> Just like a, a disembodied mustache floating in the middle of nowhere. There's uh, chocolate. There's looks like is that cocoa beans? Mm-hmm. What does it say? What does it say are in this? Well, it says right on the front: uh, Imperial Brown Ale brewed with. Coffee, chocolate, vanilla extract, and milk sugar a- aged in bourbon barrels. That may be the most one of the most delicious imp- brown ales I've ever pretty had. pretty amazing. It's really wonderful. Borrowing the elements la- from uh, both high-end craft mm-hmm. cocktails and moody jazz clubs, Velvet Rush takes the bourbon barrel-aged brown ale up an octave. Uh, that's like the first two notes in uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That's an octave for mm-hmm. those of you who not. Somewhere. There you go. Um, uh, let's see. With uh, with free-flowing notes of coffee, chocolate, and vanilla extract, milk sugar aids in the weaving together of this complex tapestry of flavors to create a unique sipping experience that really ties the room together. That's oh. literally what it says on there. I was going to say. <laughs> like, I did not make that up. I don't know about tying the room together, really but this room is together. delicious. Anyone want to take a guess at the ABV on this? Eleven point one. Oh wow! Well, it did say it was an imperial brown ale, so Dang. this is fantastic. Like mm, loving this. Mm. Oh, I wouldn't. Have, I mean, I knew it was high, but I wouldn't. Have All right. 11. So no, honestly, it doesn't come off like an eleven. Like no. usually, when you have something that's ten plus. It has a booziness to it yeah. if it's a beer, you know, uh, whether it's a barley wine or a stout or a, uh, a porter or something. But uh, but this doesn't come off that. It boozy, doesn't even does it? smell that boozy. No, it like really you doesn't. can like sometimes you'll like you'll smell it, but you won't taste it. Lactose. Is that is that, that what it is? Dry, is, that is that dryness, that I think, yeah. the dryness really does. It, it, it's. Mm. It's uh. It's outstanding. It's, it's, it's dangerous. And it's got just enough. Like so, it's funny because like. The mouthfeel is thinner than you expect, but mm-hmm. it's also 
seems just right because it's got just enough carbonation on there to make it, it interesting, but not too much. Yeah, it's perfect I was for expecting what it is. something. It's perfect for what it is, but you're right. At that ABV, you're expecting something thicker. I was expecting thicker. it to be thicker with less carbonation, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's not. It's Syrupy, actually, but it's not. It's actually. Uh, it runnier almost, is not the right word. <laughs> like founders won't appreciate it. They're no, not going to no. put this video. But up. it almost <laughs> feels. It almost comes off as crushable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it really is is very drinkable. And then on top of that, the uh, carbonation just seems to add just that note of zing to it. That little mm-hmm. bit of interest, almost mm-hmm. a carbonation I, spiciness. To I it. like it. I like it. All right. So what are we going to chase this with, uh, my man? From oh, you have a special thing over here. Oh, yes, sir. Talk about it. <laughs> so, um, this is this your is prime barrel, our, right? So we're doing more and more of these. We've been doing more and more of these since the since the the pandemic. Um, people want their own. Notice, I'm keeping my whiskey opening hand behind my back on this one. Oh wow. yes, sir. Please. Um, so this is from one barrel, and the the barrel is owned by uh, by by the people that commissioned it, um, and we didn't want to. Uh, uh, we 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 had half a half a bottle left over from 169 bottles uh, from the barrel. It's a nine-year-old, uh, 49% malt, 51% corn, bourbon. So is this something people can find and buy, or is it uh, limited? No, only? it is limited. It's like a private release you know, thing, right? You will you will soon be able to find it on www primebarrel.com okay and that's i as but far outside as i know of that, that's outside of be, that nobody can get it right no there there may be some places in new york that that are carrying it but other than I that i feel so much like chris hart right now you know <laughs> it's it's yeah, uh, we're gonna, we get whiskey you can't try well, that's right so you, yeah, you can't even find it anywhere yeah so uh, this is a so this is uh one of those that's um instead of us putting our you know my my trademark mm-hmm, on it and mm-hmm. me driving the benefit from your hard work selling it and blending it and and mixing it at the bar all that this is uh somebody else's label somebody else's trademark um and we're just we're just you're handling the whiskey yeah uh aging it filtering it and bottling it for you now you obviously we're not going to open this bottle but you brought along a little of the extra from that half a barrel. From that, so that half, half yeah, of a bottle left over. Yeah, so 169 and a half bottles. You that honor us, sir. And uh, and I said, well, we could we could bring we this could to Ian and Cruz. So we could do that, yes. And yeah. and my new friend Doug. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we have. I'm going to let you do the pour on this. I'll just hand you glasses. While he's doing that, by the way, uh, we want to uh, extend our huge Smoking and Toasting congratulations uh, to uh, frequent Smoking and Toasting guests and future Smoking and Toasting guests that we're about to do a show live from their brewery. Uh, no label brewing out of Katy. Got just, my attention. They just won the silver medal at the world's largest beer competition. They're, uh, the, it was, they were ranked the number two beer in the world. Their no-label Cali Boy IPA took silver in the Imperial IPA category at last month's biennial World Beer Cup in Minneapolis. One of several awards, actually, 
that they won at the competition, which is held every two years. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the last one took place in 2018. So this is the first one where they've reconvened, and No Label swooped in and won the silver for Cali Boy IPA. You love the Cali Boy when I we love, had it on our show. The Cali Boy, and I it. thought that's a great IPA. Uh, that so I'm, I am super super uh, stoked for them. For this beer to be recognized as one of the best IPAs on the planet, just further validates our no label vision that's a quote from tom painter who's been on the show who's a uh, great guy and we'll be hanging with him when we're out there in a couple of weeks super Good excited job, about that yeah. cali boy ipa is uh, 7.1 percent abv was created by ryan trailer a san diego native who joined no label in 2020 hence uh, the name cali boy right and and it's his likeness the yeah. guy with the beard that's on the uh, label on the can that's ryan they're the, so uh, funny if yeah. you see a if you see a person on the can it is somebody that either works there or that hangs out there. That's right. It and, is literally uh, an actual like. And by the way, they also won two platinum awards for can design for that can. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it's uh, The event is known as the Olympics of Beer. The World Beer Cup was established in 96, and it is the largest beer competition in the world. So congratulations to No Cheers. Level. Congratulations. And cheers to them as we toast with... Uh, what do we... Uh, we Ah, so this is Prime Barrel, oh, aged nine barrel. years, uh, experimental mash bill, fifty-one percent corn, forty-nine percent barley. Now, there's. A, do you want me to read the back of this? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Please. The Prime Barrel is the first Web Three Whiskey Club. Um, our uh, mission is to offer our member access. Oh, offer our members access to the best tasting, exclusive whiskeys, bottles, and uh, bottlings and experience. Sorry, I'm having a hard time uh, doing that. Probably because of whiskey, uh, both <laughs> both virtual and real world, and to donate a percentage of the proceeds from every barrel selection to uh, hand selected charities. Learn more at primebarrel.com. Prime barrel being one word. Uh, nose molasses explodes from the glass as it sits on the table. Behind it, there are whiffs of burnt sugar, caramel, and sea air, and I can totally I back that every up. Every one of salt those air right is yeah. like one of the first things that hit me. Um, the palate, the barley and the mash shines with every note, uh, with early notes of uh, black tea and salty toffee. The transition, uh, mm-hmm. this transitions to brief bits of vanilla, maraschino cherry, and cola. Um, the back of the palate takes a major shift towards rum centric molasses, tropical fruit, and burnt sugar. The finish. Totally get that cola thing. This one is lengthy and primarily focused on the tropical rum flavors. This is delicious. When we were when we were negotiating for this. I had a malt, you know, single malt. Oh. It's a bourbon that's going to taste like uh, like like scotch. Mm-hmm. I assumed that because it's one percentage point away from being a malt whiskey, that it would be taste more like, like a, uh, taste like scotch. Malt, right? But it doesn't really. No, it, it, um, it's I like a molasses yeah, party going on. It is really good though. Yes, it is. I love the simplicity of this uh, label too. Yeah. I love it's very uh very also very classy. So is this something that people can find? Yes. So this is if you go to uh www.primebarrel.com primebarrel.com signing up for it, you know, basically, you know, ordering the bear ordering the bottle. What will a bottle of this uh, cost? Of the club. What will a bottle of this cost? I don't know. Mm. Because it's hasn't been released yet. I'm guessing it it's yet. not twelve dollars. No, because no. it doesn't taste like a no, 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 
but I don't think I don't think this 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 uh, this firm is not known for giving stuff away. Yeah, either. So, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, well, but, but uh, it would be hard for me to think they could price this. Is it, is it priced exclusive or prohibitive? Do you think? Uh, exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah, gotcha. Exclusive. Okay. Good. Um, good. I was actually impressed by some of the the crazy stuff you can find on their website. Um, so how, and that's it. That's at primebarrel.com. Yeah, yeah. How 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 reasonable some of some of the the bottles on their website are. Fantastic. And, and so I I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to say because I don't know. But this is this is a busy whiskey. Like mm, it's got yeah, a right. lot going on. It, Very much so. It's, uh, yeah. It is all, and um, and and bottling it was just. It was interesting, especially mm. first thing in the morning when you're, mm-hmm. when you you know you even had you haven't had, you had breakfast yet, and you come in, you walk in, and those flavors come in from the from the filling line mm-hmm. is just it was a treat. Ian, I assume you were trying it with a little water, right? I'm, I'm going to do just the tiniest, oh. tiniest bit of water, but yeah. but I don't want to pour it out of here because it's going to be very hard to measure. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of. I, I got a little a, hint of licorice. A little bit, little yes. tiny, little hint of You know, you'd that. think that us having a show about this, we would have a dropper, right? One would think. <laughs> well, we have a ukulele, so we have next week we will have a dropper. I promise. Mm-hmm. I'll get one. <laughs> All right. My job is producer. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. It has a much brighter nose. Oh, good. Oh, it gets almost a like that rum that they were talking about kind of nose. Well, being such a fan of rum, anytime whiskey leans in the rum direction, oh, I really like it. You're gonna love that. I, it doesn't taste like rum, but it picks up some of those rummier notes. Right, some of those rum yeah, cast little notes. water. Yeah. yeah, totally. I can get that little bit of sugar cane. Mm. How fun is that? Mm. It's interesting though too. Like here's here's a weird thing, and maybe you can explain this. So when I sipped this before I put a drop of water in, when I sipped before there was almost no heat whatsoever. I put a little drop of water in, and there, now there's more and heat. I'm actually getting a little more heat. Yeah. Out of it. Oh, it's bringing up all those esters to the top. Is that what's it's happening? Not, it's not heat, but it's but the back of your but throat it's making you can't notice tell the difference. It. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. It's, uh, interesting, and it's not it's not a bad heat. It's not like oh. Oh no! It's, right. a, it's a nice, it's a nice awkward whiskey hug. It's perfect. Yeah, it, the it's hug. Uh, working with a nine-year-old barrel of a of a, a barrel that no that has never been made before, and no one can get a hold of. So, what are the oldest barrels you guys have access to now? You've been. You said earlier you've been in business for what nine years now, right? Nine years now. Right. And so, uh, and, and just to clarify a few things to some of our listeners, like when you're starting a whiskey company, like people always talk mm-hmm. about aged whiskey, um, and like your Chimney Hill here doesn't have any age statement on it. Right. Now this right. this newer one does, but that's that's something you've been hanging on to obviously for a while. Right. And so it takes like from the first time you make whiskey, you've got to just decide to put some aside. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's well. And that's where your age stuff comes from. Because nine years from, from that, now, you're going to be excited to put it well, into in something that, like and this. In that first, in, but in that first year, that first two years, there was no. I mean, we couldn't set it right, aside. Right. When we got an order, we yeah, had yeah. to fill it. And was because that boxcar? We had, uh, yeah, 
No, yeah, that's a great whiskey, whistle, by the way. Whistle stop. Uh, whistle stop, which isn't not aged at all. It's mm-hmm. our that's our clear. Boxcar was given to me by was that by you? You yes. gave me Boxcar, oh, and that was before I think we ever had you on the show. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. that was just fantastic. Absolutely loved that one. Uh, so I was real excited with the first time he came on the show. I'm so over that now, but like I was totally. No, I was <laughs> <just thinking. laughs> but uh, no, I was totally excited because that was a, that was a great whiskey. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, from the very beginning, especially any any aged product that was in barrels, when especially when somebody like you just had our, to turn them around whiskey Charlies or especially Specs, um, when they when when they say jump. We need more of this. We, You're we, like, okay. We say how high, mm-hmm. right. and, and, and yeah, and so we really weren't able to put anything back for the first two or three years. So you are now like now we've got a wheat whiskey so, that's been aging for over four years. Now we've got nice. a, we've got several barrels of bourbon that in the thirty gallon barrel you don't want to keep them in a number three char for more than in a thirty gallon. That's barrel too much, more, right? Than, yeah, mm-hmm. for more than three and a half years. That's, that that's, that's like adding too much salt on your food. That's like just a little too much of it. You exactly. Know? And yeah. it's, it's hard to add too much salt to your food. But when you do. Yeah, there's a line. And, and once you hit that late. line, there's no going that back. chicken fried steak is no Absolutely. longer food. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And exactly. so, you know, we've had to take those out and either put them into number two or number one. Right, something a little more mellow. Or just mm-hmm. stop the aging process on them and. Put them into wine barrels. Put them into right. used. So something to finish barrels. it instead of age it. Right, and, that, and right. that that stinks because now they're sitting in wood, and they're not getting credit for how old they are. Right, There's a lot of our whiskey that's, that's sitting in my warehouse now, that's not getting credit for, for how, how, old, it how old it really is yeah. because yeah. it only counts when it's in first use charred oak barrel. The time right. that it spends. Right, right. So, no matter what, no matter what kind of aging is happening to it now. Right. If it isn't in that first used charred oak barrels, it doesn't matter. So we've had we've bought from the barrel mill and from Adirondack Barrel Cooperage now, mm. uh, Speyside Cooperage, uh, uh, and Riverside Drive. Uh, ri- or, sorry, ri- Riverside Cooperage, um, and a couple of others. A uh, bunch of different uh, uh, barrels: thirty gallon, five gallon, and. 53 gallons. New oak barrels? Yeah. And you're uh, doing the char no, yourselves? No, no, no. Oh, they do the char in house. No, I, 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 we, I did try I that. Mean, that's got to be fun. That got mm-hmm. into that. It got mm-hmm. into the area of pyrotechnics. There, <laughs> I, I love this. really. All right, yeah, so if you've this. never F- seen, fire and me shouldn't probably not. If you've never seen, <laughs> I'm talking to the audience here. If you never see what it takes, like when they char a barrel, it's, you need to just go YouTube a, yeah. a video. You can on even find the, it on and, YouTube. And even that, it's it, it, even that. It, it's still, <laughs> it's more dangerous and more complicated than it looks. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, dangerous. And yeah, because the different chars are like a number one. Is like to to twenty seconds, I think, or is that right? You're gonna catch me lying now. Well, yeah, and, was, and I'm not sure what the times are, but like a, a, a number, number five, a number five, yeah, right. a number five is only like twenty or twenty five seconds, <laughs> and number three is. I mean, it, and it looks simple. It looks like yeah, an old, I mean, and it looks like an old man. It's a crazy a short a amount of time. Yeah, like, gotcha, and then gotcha. taking a and taking a what looks like a like a trash can lid, and boom. Just pop it on top. Right, Love sure. It, Choke it, it doesn't right look off. like anything, Love but... Even though you've got, like, like a thousand degrees exactly. shooting out yeah. of this barrel. 
But take how serious your uncle is about his his brisket, and, and multiply that times a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> that's how serious this this is about uh, the stopwatch on. I love it. Uh, bam! An alligator yeah, down there now. On your, on your all right, barrel. all right. We got to take a break and come back for our final segment. But uh, this is fascinating stuff. I love this barrel stuff. This is so <laughs> like, this is so like down in the weeds of what it takes to make an amazing whiskey. And I love it. Love it. All right, we'll be right back. Smoking and Toasting, our show number 284. We will return to uh, send you off, my friends. Smoking and Toasting, our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Our guest today is uh, Nathan from uh, Rio Brazos Distilling, and we have had such a blast with you on the show. Nathan, I want to throw a few things out at you here before uh, we wrap it up and say goodbye, okay? Um, Vince Young, Steakhouse. Perry's, Steakhouse and Grill. Fogo de Chao. Steiner Ranch Steakhouse, Bob's Steak and Chop House. These are all excellent. Been to Vince Young's, been to, Bo- been to, been to Bob's. Yeah, these are all excellent steakhouses. You missed in Del Frisco? The Austin area. Del Frisco is also very good. All I'm trying to point out is that you don't have to ally with College Station exclusively. You could go into Austin and you could do something with people who are. You know, University of Texas Longhorn supporters. And would love to. Who would love to uh, <laughs> participate in the Chimney Hill uh, project. I, I'm just saying. I, absolutely. And I, and, I w- and I would love to. As an uh, alum, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like it's my duty to restore order to the world. Yeah. For, for what it's worth, by the way, my brother is a graduate of Texas A&M. So you can understand oh, the brotherly God. rivalry that's <laughs> going on Christmas here. has got to be oh, yeah. oh, great exactly. around your house. It's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thing. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Seriously, though, thank you uh, so much for coming on the show. Every one of these spirits that we've tried today I think has been exceptional in its own way, even though they're all so different uh, from each other. So Very different. remarkably different, you know? And that's to me, that's the sign of somebody who is really doing great work. They're not just going, oh, okay, here's our one and here's our 1A. You know, and and that's okay, too, by the way. The one and the 1A might both be Absolutely. fantastic. But what you are doing is really showing us very different expressions of what can be done in the world of whiskey and bourbon. Oh. And it's it's really this a is wonderful the, this thing is to experience. What I've been able to get retailers right. and distributors and my local community and you guys and everybody else behind me. If you... If you people would let us, let me and my head distiller go crazy, we got a baijo. Okay. We made baijo from sweet peas and sweet potatoes. I don't even know what that is. It is the it is the it is the most popular spirit spirit on the planet. It hardly sells outside of China. It's, wow, but in China it's a thing, right? It's uh, it, it is wow. It's sweet that potato. Just, that just shows whiskey. you the population of China. Too. Yeah. Like, so holy you cow! Have, they never heard of you it. You have to come back and bring us some of this. Okay, absolutely. Okay? I because will. I really want to try. We've got, we've, it. Yeah. We've got it's the most popular spirit on the planet, and yet it hardly we, sells outside we, of China. We got to know what we're missing it's, here. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's what do you use in it? It's made with um, sweet potatoes, 
barley, sometimes rice. We used peas. Now, we used rice and peas in ours. I'm wow. familiar with soju, which is Japanese, right? Is it similar to it's soju? It's a similar spirit, except soju okay. is... Now I'm going to be lying. Um, I thought shochu was mostly a, a, a rice spirit. I believe it is. Yeah. That is consistent with what I this know This is of it. Yeah. sweet potato. Sweet potato. This is wow. sweet potato whiskey. Okay. It's, it's I'm, distilled I'm, at a I'm low. I'm totally like, like it, it comes intrigued. off the still at a, at, a, at a low proof like whiskey. Right. But it, in, 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 in China, it's usually aged in porcelain, um, oftentimes below ground. In several of the distilleries where it's being made, Mao Tai is the yeah. most popular. That's what Nixon had when he went to mm -hmm, China. Mm -hmm. It's what Obama had when he went to China. Uh, it was described by Henry Kissinger as like drinking razor blades. Um, it's it, all right. Well, to there's a, that. To, a, to a west to the western palate, it, it's a lot. Yeah. You, 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 and after having had several brands and drinking it a few times, you know, after 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 a cigar, uh, I'm get, I'm getting used to it. I'm, I I'm noticed you said after it. a cigar, not during. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's uh, exactly. you know you want to your palate needs to be. It's not a it's not a daily drink. <laughs> it's, All right, well, we would love to try it. So if you want to bring some with you next time, uh, that that'd you come be amazing. On. Yeah, we've we'd got we, yeah. we've got a lot of stuff in the works, ready to drink cocktails that we're working on for people, um, uh, you know, liqueurs mm -hmm. that we're working for people, coffee, well, margaritas. Well, let me just so. say, as someone who is, you know, very proud to be a resident of the state of Texas and who loves to see what is happening in the spirits uh, industry. I love that in Texas. Texas whiskey has its own section. It's awesome. It's yes. awesome. In most and you places. guys Absolutely. are contributing to that in such an enormous way, and thank you for that. And that's happening thank outside you. of Texas I now. I love yeah. that. And thank you for making us so proud to be able to say, hey, look what we got. You know what I mean? It's, it's a wonderful thing. So thank you for the great work you're doing. Let's do this again, as always. And, uh, and you know, again, don't, don't feel like you have to be College Station-centric. There are other areas of Texas <laughs> that would embrace you with open arms. It may be a whiskey hug. It may be awkward, but we'll do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll totally, totally do it. And, and thank you for being here. Thank you guys for being a part of Smoking and Toasting number 284. We will be back next week. As a matter of fact, our guest next week, Sean Anger returns awesome. from Fox and Seeker. I love that He's guy. He's got some new bourbons he wants to talk oh, about. Oh, man. I'm uh, so excited. Yes. So uh, let's look forward to next week. Have a great week, my friends. Trust no one. Later. So good to you. <laughs> Trust no one. <laughs>